0: past year has tested all of our abilities to be flexible and resilient. And now more than ever is a time to spring back as the world starts to open up again with hope and a sense of renewal. And as things are beginning to open up and we start getting together in rooms again, our social lives can become even more rich. And if anything with more gratitude and excitement because we're really appreciating what we have these days, right? I couldn't think of a better conversation that I'm about to share with you today. It's really special and This started out as an expert interview with a legendary life coach that you will hear. He's a life coach to the stars, and it turned into a beautiful, vulnerable coaching with Kimmy Session to focus on how he can use his own powers to build dating resilience and success for himself. No one said that the dating process was easy, right? Sometimes you have a great run. Great dates, and at first good relationships, and then you may go through a slump, a series of bad dates, and worse yet, bad relationships. So what this looks like is perhaps you feel like you have made a connection with someone, but after a few chatty texts and even a couple of phone calls, they ghost you. Or maybe you've been on a date. And it hasn't led to a second. Or you've had a succession of really bad dates and eventually relationships, and you just feel disillusioned with the whole process and you want to give up. Now, you probably heard this thing called resilience. It's a big word. But Honestly, resilience has so much benefits, not just to your mental health, but for your dating life. And you actually need that resilience more than ever before. And when it comes to improving your dating life, there is one thing that's going to help you more than anything, and that is the emotional resilience. Now, this is something you cultivate over time. It's like developing thicker skin. Things can hit you, but they don't penetrate. You don't ruminate and you don't wallow in it. Now, hear me out. This does not mean that you're growing such thick skin that it becomes your armor where you shut down, become guarded or despondent, nor does it mean you're developing a layer of ice where you freeze with fear and do nothing at all. Now, a lot of times, and this is my theory, that the brain becomes confused between emotional resilience versus resistance. See, emotional resilience is your ability to withstand, adapt, and overcome adversity. It's what lets you stare rejection in the face and not let it break you. When everything feels like it's going wrong, you feel like giving up. It's the tenacity. It's that stubbornness. It's the grit that's going to give you the strength to keep moving forward, even when things are not going right. It's what lets you roll with the punches life throws at you instead of letting them devastate you. Now, how does this play out in being resilient in love? So you can pick yourself up and you can move quickly after a bad date, knowing he wasn't right for you. And it's knowing what to do when you're upset after being ghosted, saying you're okay and worth a partner who respects you and recognizes what you offer. Then you can get back in the game quicker. It's, it's almost like a rubber band, right? Like it may stretch and it tests you but in the end, you're able to spring back into shape. In essence, you need to develop a healthy dating practice so that you become more resilient and positive when dating. But where do you start? Well, and you heard me talk about this. It starts with a phone call. There's this guy I'm working with right now, just to give you an example, and he developed very thick dating skin. Now, unfortunately, this is not the resilient kind, but rather the armor that keeps women at a distance. And so when we, you know, we first spoke, he said he wasn't really ready to date. He was going to delay coaching for several months until he was ready. And I asked him, what, what, did he mean by really being ready? And he listed a 1,000 excuses. You know, he was too busy at work. He was going to school. And oh, yeah, he needed to work on himself before being ready to date. And I kind of chuckled and challenged him on that. I said, how much time have you wasted already preparing to be ready to date? And he kind of paused. And he realized, wow, after 35 years, because he's 35 years old, He had a string of bad relationships, and this goes back to his childhood, obviously, wasting all this time. And that's when it hit him. He actually needed the coaching to help him be ready, work on himself, and create the space for dating. He needed my help in learning how to be more emotionally resilient with his dating experiences. So the first thing was figuring out where the resistance was coming from. And you know me by now, being the therapist that I am. I, you know, figured out that in the past he grew up in a really unfortunate situation. It was very volatile and stressful in his home environment where his bipolar mom treated him as an emotional punching bag and his dad was emotionally unavailable and highly critical. I mean, he would always tell him, you're a failure, you're never going to make it. And on top of that, he was diagnosed with a learning disability. And the teachers even thought he was autistic. So, I mean, overall, he felt completely unaccepted, misunderstood, made fun of all the time. And what was remarkable about him, and this is what impressed me, and I knew coaching was going to work for him, is that he overcame so much on his own through the years by building his own self-esteem through martial arts and therapy. But lo and behold, he still had tremendous difficulty finding love and dating because guess who he was picking? Emotionally unavailable women. It simulated kind of the dynamics with his mom and his, you know, the upbringing who needed to be fixed. So dating was hard. But now I started working with him. I'm still working with him, so stay tuned. But he is developing better dating habits so that he is more resilient and choosing healthier situation. So I've armed him with a positive mindset, of course, new clothes and new profile. His profile, oh my God, his profile needed a lot of work. Um, He has some dating tools in his little basket and exercises that he has. And he now has room in his life and his mind to be ready to date. He's already asked out four women, which doesn't sound like a lot, but this is a huge accomplishment for him. And the rest is to be continued because he has this empowered attitude to change. He has already has changed from being resistant to being resilient. I have... An incredible guest on the line today, you are in for a treat, who is going to help me talk about resilience. And I have a little surprise, too, that we're going to talk about, not just in dating, but overall in life. He is so inspirational. He's helped so many people, all walks of life, from entertainment legends to professional athletes, from executives to deprived children throughout the world, using seasoned foundational principles and humor to get honest with people so that they overcome the obstacles that are holding him back. He has traveled to 75 countries and spoken to millions of people. He often meets privately to counsel high-profile leaders in various industries. He has partnered with phenomenal organizations to spread the love and hope, spending time with Fred Jordan Mission in Los Angeles Skid Row, music unites day in los angeles compton schools and the kids haven orphanage in johannesburg south africa he leads congregational church here in california which meets weekly and provides spiritual insight and direction for people of diverse ages backgrounds and needs he's featured on nationally syndicated keep the faith radio each weekend And he is featured all over the place. Steve Harvey TV, Oprah's Super Soul Sunday, Grant Cardone's 10X Growth Con, so much more. He has authored multiple books with the most recent, Come Back and Beyond, and it's a top seller on Amazon. He has two adult children from his previous marriage and lives here in Southern California. Welcome. So honored to have Tim Story.
1: What a nice introduction.
0: Yeah, you wrote it. <laughs> it was nice.
1: <laughs> actually, actually, my people wrote it. <laughs> oh, your
0: people. Your people. I love it. <laughs> well, your people did a good job. And more than just the bio, I mean, you, and from what I've just seen of you, you're just a remarkable person. Like, you know, just so happy that you're here in the Charisma Quotient. So uh, I wanted to know, okay, because here, I mean, you have, you have a story like we all do. But I would love to hear more of your story. And also, you kind of tipped your hat in your bio that you said that you have children from previous marriage. So I, I also didn't know if you were single. So wondered if you wanted to chat about your story and, and your love life.
1: Yeah. So I was married, which, which I thought was kind of later in life. Uh, I waited till I was 25 and uh, married a very smart lady she graduated from usc Um, we had two children that are fantastic a son and we have a daughter so my son's two years older than my daughter and you know everything was going really well for like the first three years and then we started seeing so many of the differences that we had and i will admit my life was going so fast Mm. that had I stopped, looked and listened, I probably could have worked through things that at that point they seemed too overwhelming. So we Mm. stayed together 11 years. uh, And she calls me the best ex-husband that you hopefully will ever have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. Uh-huh. Interesting. Okay. So I, I mean, before we dive into this and the relationship, because I'm sure a lot of people want to know more, what inspired you to just kind of do what you're doing? I mean, you're all about inspiring people to, and motivate them to move on to, to be resilient.
1: Yes, I think that you would agree with this that some things in life we decide. So it's a decision, it's like a choice that we make. It's like going into a restaurant, they bring you the menu, you peruse the menu, and we make these decisions. Mm-hmm. And some things in life you just discover. And I believe that a lot of what I have been called to do happened to me. Early on in sixth grade, when my uh, sixth grade teacher, Mr. Probert, uh, took an interest in me and and thought that I was someone that uh, was a big thinker, he started challenging me to read biographies. So I started reading about the life of Michelangelo and Nelson Mandela and many, many other people. And I'll tell you what it did for me, Kim it helped to expand my mind on the way I was thinking. And so the discovery of my life was I was a humanitarian. I love the underdog. I love mm. the hurting person. So, in my track of life, I decided to go to seminary. I ended up getting a doctorate in world religion. And but while I was taking classes like that, I was also taking a lot of counseling and therapy classes. And so, I never knew that I was going to mix humanitarian side of me and also my life coaching therapy side
2: but mm-hmm.
1: so that as is is what's happened in my life yeah
0: mm. so you, yeah i mean you're you're similar to me it's like i always had this passion to help people in some way shape or form but I was joking um, with someone else I had on recently. Sometimes there's an outfall to that, right? Because like, you, you focus so much on other people that sometimes you lose yourself. Like, Did that ever happen to you?
1: Um, I, I think, number one, I can see that that can happen to people.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I, I kind of have always seen things through a happy-go-lucky uh, way of looking at things which I think is a blessing. Mm -hmm. So the the lens on my glasses is kind of shiny. So even though I deal with a lot of difficult things with people with addiction or some people that pass because of different challenges in their life or uh, getting celebrities through very difficult situations, um, I've always been able to fall back on the fact that I love life, I love humor, I consider it such a privilege to be alive. To be alive is to be animated. Uh, I'm a very animated person, and I think that that has helped me along the way.
0: But how did you get that? See, because I know there's a lot of people, you know, listening who want that so badly. Like, they want to feel positive. They want to have the humor and look at life that way, but they're not, like, They don't have that resilience kind of built within them. And so they default to the victim or they'll default to, you know, why me kind of attitudes. What are what are some things you did? Yeah.
1: I, I I work with a lot of therapists on this. And that's one of the great things about my job is that with a lot of the entertainers that I work with, sometimes I'm in way over my head. So there's about four therapists, um, uh three psychologists, one psychiatrist that I that I work with and I think that one of the things that, that happens in life is that when somebody is going through a difficult time, they go what I call singular. Everything is singular. It's, it's about that one thing that's taking place, whether, whether it's a divorce or whether the company didn't work and they go singular. When we mm. were little kids, a lot of it was plural. Like you could be mm. four years of age, five years of age. It's like, hey, mommy, this is uh, Amber. And you just met her at Toys R Us. Can she spend the night? You know, you just met her on aisle 12. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, right.
1: So, Those were the days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So one of the things that I do that even in the midst of people's hardships or my own hardships is I try to take myself back to simpler times when life mm. was not so heavy. And I am a pro at this. And what I do, I, I purposely go to museums by myself. Mm-hmm. I, I still watch cartoons. I listen to a lot of music that takes me back to a good place. I do that on a daily basis. I've done it already today. So, just like people may do go, go to yoga, Pilates or meditation, I do the same thing towards taking time to really tap in to that simple side of little Timmy's story when I had those big o eyes of expectation.
0: I love that it's the simplicity, but also you know what comes to mind it's um... I often tell people this all the time. It's like being a kid again, you know, going back to that place where you, you have fun and you're in your play, you know, like how you're watching cartoons and whatnot. And, you know, what I tell my clients all the time, take an improv class, you know, get into that playful state, you know, where you're letting all that noise kind of go. And I, Yeah, I mean, I think that helps, but it's hard for people to do that, you know? I mean, you and I have kind of trained ourselves that way, but I think it it gets hard to motivate when that's really scary
1: for some people. Can Can I tell you one thing that helps that you know the answer as well is I think you have to start paying attention to people who maybe tried to get into your life and you would not let them get into your life because maybe they weren't so serious as you were at that time. So mm. a lot of the people that I life coach are mm-hmm. people who are very, very successful and they hang around people that that's what they talk about. They talk about business. They talk about pushing, pushing deeper, pushing more. Yeah. And then once in a while, they'll talk about going to Italy, okay? <laughs> not, not me. I have people in my life that one reason I like them is because they're funny mm-hmm. or, or they're light. So I, I, make, I make room for that. Like, can I, can I give you an example? Yes, please. Okay, I, I recently had to go to the hospital to visit an older man that was very ill. And I don't like hospitals. But I said to myself, in order to make this experience a little more tolerable, even though I love this man. I do know that I love Jell-O. And for some reason, hospitals have some of the best Jell-O. So I said to myself, I'm going to go see this man, <laughs> <laughs> be in his room for a long time, oh and then I'm going to sneak away and get my Jell-O. it's oh, hilarious. <laughs> Listen, when I got my Jell-O, I was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> the build-up of the jello. I love. <laughs> See, I mix. I mix it. Yeah. What flavors? I mix it. Well, the the red is super good.
0: Uh huh. But it has to be strawberry. It can't be cherry. In my no, mind,
1: no, I agree I don't like the cherry. So we're both right on target. Okay, that's good. I like the good. strawberry. Sometimes I do a little whipped cream. But I'm trying to tell oh. you, I took I took a very difficult thing. Of a man being extremely ill who looks up to Tim's story. Hmm. Then I needed a break from that because that's some very serious stuff. I went and had my jello all by myself and I became little Timmy who was 10 years of age again.
0: I so, so love that on so many levels. And you know what also comes to me as you're talking about that is that it, it, not only did you put him in a different state of mind, but it's also a different perspective, right? Yes. Like you, could, you can look at all the things he was hooked up to in the IV and feel the pain and focus on that. But looking at the jello with whipped cream has a different perspective. I, it's funny because I use the metaphor all the time of the Matrix, you know, the, the movie, The Matrix. Of course, yes. When I, t- I tell people, you know, you can walk into the grocery store and the same people will be there than maybe you saw yesterday or the day before. But this time, I want you to go in the grocery store and put on the Matrix eyeglasses, and you're going to be in a different world. And now, just notice who you're noticing. And it's perspective. Ooh, that's good. So I call it the dating Matrix. And, you know, it's worked so many time. in fact, in times. In fact, this one woman, she, she did that, and she thought it was nuts. I said, just take the same route to work today but this time I want you to look around and notice who's noticing you and yes. she noticed this guy and they started talking and that guy became her boyfriend
1: wow okay, this she's is like interesting.
0: yeah and so she said she thought I had this like voodoo doll that was I said no honey I don't if I had a voodoo doll <laughs> you know I'd be a very very wealthy woman not really happy I said no that was you And I think sometimes, too, people put too much outside of themselves, too much emphasis on what other people can do or blame other people rather than looking within and making things happen simply from their perspective. So that's why I love that whole jello story.
1: Yes. And Kim, I want to say this. You did a great breakdown on the word resilience Mm. and resistance. I loved your definition. I am a wordsmith. I spend probably no less than an hour a day studying words. You did a great job in breaking those words down.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, because I think people get really confused by that. And it actually relates to my next question to you, because I'm not going to let you get off so easy, because we did start talking about your love life. So yeah. I want to I <laughs> kind of circle back to that. In terms of the resilience and resistance and things that you learned as you were going down your yellow brick road, Yes. What had your dating experiences been then,
1: you know, okay, up so, until now? Okay. So, I'm this is this is going to be an exclusive. <laughs> this is how much I like you. I, I won't even, I don't even talk to Gail King about things like this. So, this is this oh my is gosh, a, this, this is a real exclusive, and we're going to promote it as such because people ask me every week of my life why I'm married. Okay. So, number one, I feel like I had unrealistic expectations of what a relationship should be like. Okay.
2: Mm.
1: So um, I was raised by my mother and my three sisters. Each one of them is older than me. Okay. So they all had different personalities. So one thing I learned is to be a good listener. I, I learned how to listen to women's issues and just chime in when I needed to be, to and not say anything when I didn't need to. So according to my female friends, and even a lot of my friends' wives or girlfriends, they're always like, how come I feel like I could tell Tim's story anything? Oh, yeah. About anything. Part of that is because of my sisters, okay? In the idea of dating, because of religion, I was really into doing it right. And, you know, I wasn't going to fool around before, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, so I was 25 years of age with very little experience. So I have a very unusual story. I never kissed a girl till I was 19 years of age. That's kind of unheard of. Mm-hmm. I did not get married until I was 25, okay? And what I thought was going to happen in marriage is not what it was like. Because I thought that it was going to feel magical,
2: mm-hmm. be
1: magical, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: a lot, of, a lot of relationships are sometimes mundane. I didn't do too well in the mundane. <laughs> I, don't, I don't necessarily want to go to Costco. Right. Right. <laughs>
0: You want the Jello?
1: <laughs> Don't you love my honesty?
0: Yeah.
1: It's like, so if, if she said, who's a beautiful lady and a college professor, mm. uh, if she would say, okay, babe, we're going to go to Costco and then I want to go look at drapes and then I'm going to, I'm like, oh my gosh, is this really happening? And mm. at the same time, my career was really exploding, right? Mm-hmm. So I would do it because I was interesting to her and I love her. So I would do it. But it felt like the mundane kept creeping into my magical, almost like the movie, The Blob. Mm-hmm. There used to be a movie called The Blob.
0: Yeah, I
1: know that. So, so what I thought was going to be the magical, which would be like, oh my gosh, oh, I can't wait to be home. Oh, we can't wait to see each other. Like, you know, when you're early dating and you have to hold each other's hands, right? The fairy we tale. Great mm-hmm. good communication. We, we slipped into like, it was like 80% mundane. And that made it difficult for me. Yes.
2: Ah,
0: and it sounded like two. I mean, you really had no dating experience.
1: I did not. I did not. And there's two reasons behind that. And this is a, this is a confession. One, I didn't trust anybody because I was already known as a well-known religious spiritual leader. Yeah. I was concerned if I dated somebody and it didn't go the way they wanted it to, that they may say something that I did not want them to say, even if it was something that they made up because I had heard that from other people. So if, cause I was already a public person Mm-hmm. So I was a little paranoid about who I brought into my inner circle. Wait, so, before
2: you go
0: on, I have a question about that. So before you became who you are and yes. in the public eye, did you, al- did you always have some kind of a semblance issues around trust or was it just surfacing because you got more around you know, the
1: public? I always, had, I always had issues about trust. Where and does
0: that come from?
1: It comes from childhood. It comes from, mm. it comes from, uh, father passing early. It comes from people not keeping their word. It comes from what is your motive? And one of the things that life gifted me with is charisma, and mm. so um, people were pulling on my charisma, and I didn't know why. And so when we moved out of like Compton, California and then to another part of East L.A. We then went to an all-white school. I was the only person of color in the entire school, in the Mm. high school, okay? Mm -hmm. So I I became a lot of people's friend because they liked me, but I became also a friend to some people because I was a token friend. And I picked up on that. And so Mm -hmm. I think, part of those things created trust issues in my life.
2: Yeah,
0: no, and I think that's really important too, just moving forward and taking a look at, you know, relationships. And and again, I think just so many, because I work with a lot of people who are, you know, counselors, therapists, coaches like us. And what happens is that your confidence becomes helping people. And then that's where your identity lives. And the charisma and the confidence is what got reinforced. And so when you strip that aside, and you're like, oh my gosh, then now if I have to actually reveal me or share me, what will that mean? What will that look like? Will somebody go away? Will someone like me just as I am?
1: Very good point. And then as I begin to get older, I started speaking at age 20. I'm in my, I'm in my mid fifties now, but at age 20, I got very popular. I was like a boy wonder at 23, 24, 25, having crowds of 10,000, 15,000, 20,000, 30,000 at that age and bringing in an awful lot of money. And so then you start to wonder what is somebody's mindset and what is somebody's motives Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it now because of the charisma that I have or the people that I'm spending time with?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that those trust issues begin to fester because I didn't have Kim to talk to.
0: <laughs> but now you do. That's and now yeah, that's, I do. The good and that's thing. why
1: we're solving this we're right We're cracking now, the code. Yes. Right now. And then who knows? I may go on two dating sites next week.
0: And I will totally help you with that, but you have to know which ones to go on. So, okay, I'm,
1: I'm being facetious. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do not see myself on a dating site.
0: <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm all ready to go there with you. Um,
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, okay. So here's here's the interesting thing. It, the the this what you're describing, you know, in your career, you developed a lot of resilience, and you move forward, and you've been recognized for that. Yes. Yet in your dating life and with these trust issues, there's been some resistance.
1: One hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, it's not like I sit around thinking, oh, I'm missing something. I was, mm-hmm. telling a, I was telling a male friend the other day. One thing I've been very blessed with is amazing friends, both male and female.
2: That's awesome. And
1: I, I was talking to a male friend of mine. And I said to him, I would, I would be honest and tell you, probably only one day a week. I'm sorry, one day a year. That's a big difference. One day a year do I feel lonely. Only one day a year. It's mm-hmm. not on a specific day. I don't feel lonely. I have mm-hmm. so many neat friends of all ages. And I have, I have lunch friends. I have dinner friends. I have, let's go hiking friends. I have, let's go to a museum friend. I have, let's go to Spain friends. I have a lot of different types of friends, so I've been okay. Probably once a month, I may be sitting in a Dayton, Ohio, after speaking at an event, and it's raining. And I say to myself, what the hell is wrong with you?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, usually at this point you should be speaking only in pretty places, I'm I'm convinced (laughs) (laughs) for you. And only where more singles are. So yeah, Yeah. so
1: about once a month I like go, what is wrong with you? So Mm -hmm. so I will admit to you, if if I do miss something, I long to be understood Mm. okay and i long to connect with someone who has similar mindset and motives and i find that the 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 broader i become and the bigger platform that i get it's it becomes more difficult okay and the other thing is and here's 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 Kim, here's some honesty for you that hopefully your people will appreciate this. Mm-hmm. I went from the boy wonder in my 20s. Mm-hmm.
2: I'm
1: now in my mid-50s. So now I, am the, now I have become the powerful older guy. So when people mm-hmm. are coming at me from all ages, I don't know what their motives are.
0: Trust. Kind of keeps coming back to that, isn't
1: it? I'm listening to you. You're the one that has mm-hmm. the answers.
0: I don't know if I have the answers, but maybe we can like decode some things that might help direct you. And I think, like, I think intellectually you might know some things, but um, I think one of the things, and I I work with a lot of, you know, powerful people too. and And just like when people are in the limelight a lot, it is hard to trust and know who, who is real and who is not, who likes me for me or what I do for them, you know, and it's, it is difficult, but like what I, I want to, you said you, you long to be understood. I mean, is that, what has been preventing you from finding that? But I mean, is that just being in the limelight or is that there's other things? Is there other layers there?
1: I'll, I'll give you an example. One of One of my really good friends is named Beverly Sassoon. And she was married to Vidal Sassoon for a long time.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm close to her entire family. Another one of my best friends is her daughter, Eden, who will probably listen to this and get a kick out of this. (laughs) Now, when I go out with Beverly Sassoon, okay? And I'm with maybe two more of her friends are in the same age range, which would be in the early 70s. Very sharp very together, very accomplished Beverly Hills women. So we could sit at the Ivy on Robertson and we have like the the greatest talk, right? And so in that setting, I feel understood because they're saying, Tim, Uh. you remind me of so-and-so. Tim, you remind me of so-and-so. And Mm -hmm. the more I hear from people like that and even older um, celebrities that I've known over the years, they say, Tim, you're, you're an old soul and you like to talk about life and Mm -hmm. and issues and the deeper things. And so I think I'm a little bit drawn to that. Mm -hmm. And so when I talk about understood, it's not just on talking on a serious topic. It's somebody really getting my point of view and my perspective.
0: Okay, so when you're in that state, yeah. meaning you're, you're with somebody that, that you feel understood, what are you doing that's different than when you're maybe like in your
1: public self? So when I'm in my public self, even though I'm super down to earth, you still have to be slightly on mm. because let, let's say if I go to Las Vegas and I speak to 10,000 people mm-hmm. and we go and we sign product last time in Las Vegas, we were just there. We sell, we signed product for six hours. So I had to not had to What a privilege. I had to meet people, talk to them, give them eye contact, because for many of them, it's the first time and maybe only time they're ever going to connect with you. So there's can only be so much connection. Mm
2: -hmm. Within that
1: connection, people are trying to give me cards. Mm -hmm. People are saying, can I get your number? Oh my God, we need to do product together. There is some people that are flirting with me. Mm -hmm. Uh, there are some people that, uh, want to make sure and tell me I've never heard of you before but I'm just standing in line because my wife made me so you hear a lot of different things okay
2: mhm
1: mm-hmm. So, so that's 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 one side of me the person who has to be slightly on which kim you understand that as well i do i okay. absolutely do all right so this 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 laid back side of me jazz music side of me museum-going, loving life, animated person. I love those talks at the Ivy at Robertson when we're just talking about life yeah. and travel and importance. I, I don't know. I just got a little bit spoiled with that. I, I, I like that. It's not
0: spoiled at all. I think, and, and this, is, this is something I'm hypothesizing, but you can tell me if this is true or not. When you are in that relaxed, jazzed state, you're, you're sharing more of yourself, but your true self, your authentic self, not what other people want to see of you for the purposes of what you're teaching.
1: I love it, and that's true. Like, for instance, if I get, a, if I get together with my older friends who are 70 and older. Mm -hmm. If I look tired because I do work so hard, we got like so many projects going on. So I would say one out of seven days, I look tired. I notice that that one of them ever says you look tired. They just take me face value. Yes. If I'm with a younger person. Okay. Let's say, um, I'm with my friend, his wife, and his wife says, oh, my God, you've got to meet so-and-so, and and that person shows up. They may say things like um, that, um, you know, they'll mention how busy I am or it looks like I'm doing a lot of projects, Mm -hmm. but many times they'll say things like, I noticed you look very tired today. You look mm. very exhausted today. And it, 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 what that kind of thing does is it backs me up a little bit. Yeah. And so you start to think to yourself, does that mean that I can only go on with that age group when I'm on mm-hmm. and not be my authentic self, which mm. I'm on, but I am tired, but I'm still on. I'm still funny. I'm still creative, and I still got mm-hmm. good things to say.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah, I think, and I think there's something there with that. I mean, kind of going back to your Jello, if you will. Um, what if that Tim, the one where you're relaxed and 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 that? What if that is the Tim that goes out there and dates and trusts and and has Jello with whipped cream, and it's almost like kind of, some we, we all have different sides to us, yes. but you know, and it's not Tim's story, the Tim's story in the public eye, but it's, it's, it's you and maybe call him a different name and maybe it's a little Timmy. I don't know what it is, but, but it's, it's the kind where you're actually sharing more about yourself, how you're feeling in the day. You told, you just said that you grew up with the ascribed role, both in life and in your family, to listen, to take care of others. And that's yeah. how you got reinforced. So actually sharing stuff about you and the authentic you is, is more foreign. But when you do that, that's when you're feeling the best.
1: Yeah, you're that's- giving great, great, uh, great understanding and great insight. I'll give you a short story. Stevie Wonder said to me, that one of the most difficult things about being Stevie Wonder is that when you show up to somebody's party and the types of parties he goes to are usually in bigger homes and for some reason they have a piano <laughs> and he <laughs> for says some he goes I just want to just chill and I want to just dialogue with people but sooner or later people just start pushing my buttons and say can you play can you play can you play okay mm. This is what's become part of my life. And without saying too much, because some of your listeners don't even have a clue who I am, but who I have become is a person who can basically get to anybody in the city of Hollywood and Beverly Hills that I need to get to. And did I say anybody? Yes, I did. Hmm. I've been doing this since 1991 I can't think of anybody I cannot get to in one form or fashion, whether the president of this, or this, of that, the, the agent of the Kardashians, the manager of the so-and-so, because I've been at it for so long and I've life coached so many of their lives. Okay. So for me, I may be having the greatest time talking about, Hey, did you know there's a four seasons in Wyoming? I'm considering going there just to breathe. I might mm-hmm. ride some horses. I may be just talking like that, and then someone will say to me, hey, I heard that you are friends with, and I won't say their name. I go, yeah, that's a great friend of mine. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow, I've really been trying to get to him because I have a project that I really need. Okay, without exaggerating, this happens to me more than 50% of my conversations.
2: Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Are you understanding this?
0: I totally understand. And so I think, I mean, it's no wonder that it does get hard to trust that people would like you for just you and not who you are and what you know and who you know.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end up being a very handsome man in his 90s <laughs> who is super happy, living a very peaceful life, playing jazz music and eating strawberry jelly
0: strawberry with whipped cream however what is it that you want though in terms of your dating and love life i mean that's that's fine and you can totally be happy doing that but like if you had a magic wand you could wave it in the air and things were different what what would that look like for you
1: i think it would it would it would be and and just know and i got to watch what i say because people are listening to this
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there are?
1: But, oh, that's,
0: I forgot about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, it's not like we don't have chances. Mm-hmm. They have this thing called Instagram.
0: Oh, right. I'm familiar. And you,
1: mm-hmm. have, to, this, you, have, you have DMs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we have four people alone who just knock off these types of DMs of I want to meet Tim" story. So that's not just their job. They, they, they take away other things as well. Mm-hmm. but the, the idea of trying to get someone to be interested is not a problem, whether mm-hmm. it's um, I have charisma or I have curly hair or whatever the doggone reason
2: Who you knows? dress well
1: too, by the way. Well, thank you. Yeah, well, whatever no. the reason there seems to be interest. All right. So, mm-hmm. so that's not the problem, so, but to answer your question in time, If I found the right friend, okay, and I got along with that person on a friendship level, I think that life would be even better for me because Mm. because I'm doing well now.
2: Mm -hmm. I got
1: all my boys, I got people willing to do things for me jump, leap, crawl great but if I had a real friend that loved me for me that could probably take me to another level and that's my story Kim and I'm sticking to it
0: I I love it and I think the story is continuing on this it doesn't end here for sure and because I think what you're what you're looking for what you're seeking is so doable and it's a, you're in a beautiful place in your life and i think i would add to what you're wanting the the friend who re- who really understands you too cuz i think that's that's been something for you who you we're can gonna, trust and, we're, and understand
1: so kim that's what we got to do this part 2 we're going to do a part 2 of this someday
0: oh my god and, i would love that
1: and the thing that makes me so unusual is i'm not i'm not like a typical person like i am a yeah I'm a good listener Uh, It's not all about me. I'm not on the phone the whole time. I'm not uh, (laughs) after people just because people think that they are attractive, uh, just aesthetically. I like all types of human beings. Mm -hmm. And so I think that makes me a very unusual man.
0: You are an unusual man. And I think it would be really fun also if I may just kind of recommend something because I and I don't know what you've tried and maybe this is part two, is just date <laughs> to just date without getting attached to date just to, to you know, share and, and practice all these things and find out really what you're doing is you're dating yourself. I tell people that all the time. It's like, you know, you didn't have that. And I know this because I'll throw myself under the bus. I had a very similar history to you. And I really? know through my journey, I had to learn about myself and what I liked versus the idea of the relationship. And that, that's different. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't know what that feels like to you when I say that, but that just kind of comes to me and, and building those friendships that understand you.
1: Yes, that makes a lot of sense. So, so are, you, are you telling me, Kim, that there's hope for me? There's more than hope. But
0: I think it's kind of using your own advice <laughs> that yes. you do with other people. Look, we are. it's so much easier to tell other people because also we're focusing on others. But I almost think you need to get a little selfish. Yes. and And really pull in and share more about you. And it started here on the charisma quotient. I'm so honored that you were. This
1: this has been a good talk. And so many people are going to listen to this. Just watch.
0: Oh my God. Not only that,
1: I'm going to get so many comments of, Oh my God, I didn't know you were lonely. What's your address? I'll bring you an apple pie. No, no,
0: Tim. uh, Do you know how many dates you're going to get from this podcast? Like, so just watch out like you're you're going to be oh my god you're going to be inundated with all these I'm edits. I'm
1: just I'm just I'm just listen I'm just a man with his jello you're just a man with <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think, you know, I was going to ask for your last parting words of wisdom, but I kind of feel like that That, was.
2: That was it. That was it. What else can we say? That was
0: it. There's nothing more to life than, but (laughs) strawberry, not cherry, (laughs) y'all. Exactly. (laughs) Tim, where can everybody find your fabulousness?
1: Thank you. So we are at Tim, T-I-M-S-T-O-R-E-Y, there's an E there. So Tim, dot ycom We have quite a nice website. We spend a lot of time, and energy, and finances on that. Then Tim Story Official, where we have a lot of energy that goes on there. We also do life coaching. We have new sessions that are open for December. But what I'd like to push for just 30 seconds is we, yes. have, an app, we have an app, A-P-P, that was done by a man named Stanley Hainsworth who is out of this world. He is a branding director for Starbucks,
2: Hmm. Nike,
1: and Gatorade. What does that say?
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Yes, he put up his own money. It's a very, very good app, and you can buy that on iTunes. It's only $1.99, I believe the price is, and it's called Utmost Living, U-T-M-O-S-T, Living, and I walk with you on a daily basis. And we constantly put new material on there. Please get that app. It's fantastic.
0: That's amazing. Oh my gosh, everyone needs to check this guy out. You, you're incredible. And again, thank you so, so much for coming on and being vulnerable. And actually, we did a little, you know, coaching session.
1: Coaching, you're good. <laughs> you are good. Kim, you made me open up about things.
0: My gosh. Oh, my gosh. Well, because that's what we do here on the Charisma Quotient. So thanks for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, of course, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more, make sure you go to my site, KimmySeltzer.com. And if you want to learn how to build more dating and relationship resilience in your life, this is the perfect time. Hop on a free call with me, just as I did with Tim, in fact, and you just sign up through the link that you see in the show description, and I'll help you map out a plan and Keep an eye out for our part two live conversation coming up to my Amazon live show, Kimmy's Love Hub on Sway TV. I'm going live with Tim this Friday to talk about how to take your dating resilience with a little bit of a miracle mentality, which is the name of his new book. I'm going to be talking about his new book and, of course, kind of part two to this conversation. And who can use a little miracle these days, right? Subscribe to my newsletter and you will be the first to know what I'm up to on Kimmy's Love Hub. I often have these guests stop by and you never know who might stop by next. And stay tuned until next week with more tips on how to feel and look fabulous every day. That's all for now.